name is what we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, as he uh, kind of described to you, my name is Tamara Conway, but you can call me Tammy. I like Tammy. And um, I am a, a grief recovery specialist. So what that is, is I help people walk through processes of change. But when most people hear the word grief, as a matter of fact, let me ask you, when you hear the word grief, what do you think of initially? Death, Death right. A great majority of people believe that grief only centers around death. But the truth is, is that grief actually is associated with change of any kind, of any kind. Thank you so much, sweetheart. I think I'll try to do this here. Technology is interesting. No, doesn't it go there? Okay. Um, we'll try to work it out, okay? So grief um, is centered around change of any kind. And the reason why it's important for us to know that is because if I only associate grief with death, when I'm experiencing grief or the people that I'm in community with experience grief, we can misunderstand them, right? And we can also be misunderstood. Um, also, when it comes to grief, um, grief is normal and it is natural. Now, when you hear that, it's kind of like, eh. Anybody here ever experienced grief or lost someone or something? And when you felt the grief from that loss, did it feel normal and natural? No, no. It hurt a lot to lose something or someone. And yet, I will tell you that I believe in the world that we live in today, that there are many people who are experiencing or have experienced grief exponentially, and they are unable to grasp what is happening in their lives. In fact, if you have access to maybe a television or a newspaper, you will notice that all around us, grief is taking place. I am a firm believer that I believe that one of the major causes of the dangers in our world today, the violence in our world today, is due to the fact that there are people who have a lot of unresolved issues in their lives. When you see these school shootings, it is because there are people, young people, old people, doesn't matter where they are, who are experiencing so much pain, and no one has ever actually sat down with them and helped them to process through their losses and their griefs, that that pain that is unresolved eventually will have to come out. So I want us to remember that. All grief, no matter how large or small, it eventually has to manifest itself. It has to. We were not created as children of God to carry grief. Do you believe that? We were not naturally created to carry that amount of pain and stress in our lives. And so our bodies have to figure out a way to deal with it. For some of us, that pain will come out in our actions I don't know how many of you maybe have a job and have worked with people and, and maybe that person walks into the job one day and you know a few days before everything was fine but all of a sudden you just ask them for a paperclip and they just start yelling at you, right? And you ever thought to yourself, well, what's wrong with them? All I did was ask for, right? And so grief can send people into some very interesting and dark places. And not only does it affect us at our jobs, and not only does it affect us at our school, I don't know how many of you maybe have been students, of course, all of us at some point, right? Or maybe a teacher or someone who works in that profession, and you find yourself with all of these young people, right, in these classrooms, and they all walk into the door with all of their stuff, right? We don't know what's happening at home, and when they come through and they walk through the door, you are left with dealing with all of the emotional baggage from these children, right? That's one way it can show up. Maybe in your churches. I don't know if this church is just like ready for translation. Maybe you are. But in our churches where we're from, right, what we've discovered is that people come to church with their stuff, with their baggage. And we're not exempt from those things, okay? So what I want to do today with you is I would like to walk with you through an exercise that I use, and it's called the C3 Challenge. The C3 Challenge. I'll put that up here. C3 Challenge. Okay? And the C3 Challenge stands for Change, Challenge, and Choices. That is what it stands for. And I'll give you a little bit of background as to why this became a very important tool for us. Um, when we ended up going back to church after the pandemic, it was really difficult. I don't know about you, but people were different when they returned back, right? 
People weren't the same, and I'm a firm believer that after that experience, none of us will ever be the same. That's how strong of an impact change can be on people's lives. And the pandemic was not just about the disease or the virus, but it was about so much more. And when many of us have gone through changes and challenges, um, I told the young people last night that about 96% of the people that I work with when they're grieving or going through losses of grief, when I ask them how many of you have had an experience where someone in your life through adolescence, maybe up through teenage or young adulthood, have ever had someone sit down and talk to you in depth about the impacts of loss and how to process through it. And matter of fact, let me ask you, how many of you would say that someone intentionally sat down with you in your adolescence and had a very comprehensive conversation with you, not only about what loss is and what grief is, but how to process through it? Anybody? And that happens to be what, right? <laughs> and so I get the same response everywhere I go, no matter what continent I'm on, no matter what group of people that I talk to. Very few people have ever had someone sit down and talk to them about loss. In fact, we have people talk to us more about how to get things rather than how to lose them, right? So the C3 Challenge was born out of trying to bring these church family, church members back together who had experienced an enormous amount of change but didn't know how to be together again anymore, okay? And so um, this is one of the processes that we went through because we needed to process through what we experienced. So I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions. First, what I would like to ask you is, um, there were some very serious things that were lost during that period of time, okay? So again, things that were lost, things that exponentially changed in our lives just through that three-year span, all right? So I would like to ask you, what are some things that were lost during that time for you? Yes. Okay, so we lost, so when they put social distance between us, how, what can we call that? We lost contact, right? Can we contact relationship? Okay, so we'll put that. Relationship, okay. All right. Anyone else? Some other things that were lost? So you lost people that you love and care about. So we lost, um, we experienced death, right? All right. Anything else? Freedom. Woo, that's a huge one. All right. Yes? Peace of mind, ooh. Excuse my handwriting, it's very chicken scratch. <laughs> Anything else? Jobs, thank you. Jobs, what else? Family members, so we'll put that under relationships, yes. Anything else that pops in your mind? All right. So there are two categories of loss in life. There are tangible losses, right, and intangible losses. So tangible losses are those things that you can taste, touch, feel, see, right? They're there, you're interacting with it. But then there are these intangible losses, okay? Intangible losses. Um, I want to put a few more up here that maybe we haven't thought about. Um, in reference to losing jobs, right, there are some things that comes along. People have, jobs mean things to us, right? And when I lose my job, what are some other things as a result of losing my job that I can lose? Houses, okay, so possessions. All right, and someone else? Money, okay. Pur I like that, good job. Purpose, wow, I'm sorry. Okay, and if you have anything come up, just you can yell it out, okay? Um, let's see here. What about, maybe, maybe during the pandemic, I had an experience with um, a loss of, you know, there are some people who got sick and they survived, but they didn't feel the same, right? So how about we put down here loss of health, okay? All right, a loss of health. Just coming up with some other things here, right? Um, what are some other things? And maybe, maybe it wasn't during the pandemic for you. Maybe you've lost these things well before the pandemic happened. What are some other things? Structure. Structure. Okay. 
Yes. Anyone else? Okay. So people, um, oh, you know what? How about peace? We have peace of mind up here, right? Okay. Anybody ever experienced a loss of faith? I'm going to put that down. Okay. A loss of faith. That's huge, right? Now, these somewhat, probably aside from the loss of faith, I'm going to actually put this over here and put an arrow. These are going to be our tangible losses. Now we're going to hop over to these elusive things that we don't really talk a lot about. These are what we call the intangibles, all right? And over here, they, you can lose them, but people don't know you've lost them all the time. If we don't say it, we can walk around in the midst of one another and no one will ever know that we've lost these things. Anybody kind of have an idea what that might be? Let me give you a hint. A loss of trust. This is what you call an intangible loss. It is a thing that people can have in the midst of us and we would never know that they're walking around wounded and they don't trust people. They don't trust circumstances or systems or situations. Any other ones that you can think of that may fall up under the intangible? Confidence, Confidence I like it. Oh my goodness, my hand ready. Loss of confidence, good job. Any others? All right, so let me give you a couple. A loss of trust, a loss of confidence. What about a loss of safety? Anybody ever experienced being in a situation where you once felt safe, but now you no longer do, right? You maybe wake up and you think to yourself, I don't know how things are gonna go, right, today, right? Um, so loss of trust, safety. Um, oh, here's another one. All right, security, a loss of security. I like that. You said a loss of? A loss of liberty. Ooh, ooh. good one. A loss of hope. Wow, yes? Self-esteem. All right, so we'll put that under this one right here, confidence, right? So we'll put confidence or maybe self-confidence. And I know we all, we may have some feelings about that word, right? I know throughout the years, people are like, ah, you shouldn't be self-confident, ah, you should. We won't get into that, but it happens, right? So trust, self-confidence or confidence, a loss of safety, a loss of security, a loss of liberty, a loss of hope. Now let me tell you something that's so significant about these two that make them so different, and yet this one right here, I will tell you, is really huge. Because these right here, you can lose relationships, you can experience death, you can lose your freedom, peace of mind, which might be able to fall up under that, right? So we'll put that here. Jobs and possessions and money, a loss of purpose, a loss of health, structure and faith, right? Imagine all of these different things and so much more right? Let me give you a little bit of example of some things that people normally don't really process through, but they just happen in day-to-day -day life. Um, here's another one, experiences that people have. I don't know if you can see that word, divorce. Divorce is something that people can experience, and they can mourn, and they can grieve. You know, a lot of people say that divorce is much like a death, but a death of a relationship, right? And there are people who experience this every single day, and yet they never actually talk about it or work through the processes of that experience. Here is another one. P-E-T. What does that say? PET. Now, that's not some crazy acronym for something. It's literally PET, right? How many of you have ever lost a pet before? Oh, nobody here? Yeah, oh, oh, well, thank you, praise God, yes. So, pet loss. Do you know I have clients who feel ashamed to admit that they have a broken heart over their pet loss? Why do you think they may feel that way? Just, whoever said that, you hit it right on the spot. It's just an animal, right? 
So I don't feel like I have the right to have pain or express that pain with the people that I'm in community with because what are they going to say? I mean, sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so lost their husband. How could I come up and say, Rover died and I'm heartbroken? (laughs) Right? But let me express something to you. All loss is experienced at 100% by the griever. I'm going to say this again. All losses are experienced 100% by the griever. So what this means is this. There is no hierarchy of loss. There is no hierarchy of loss. Granted, all losses are not the same. But when it comes to pain, there is no hierarchy of loss. And I would love to even further bring it home that God is concerned about your pet loss. God is not in heaven (laughs) looking down and saying, now you know you shouldn't be feeling bad about that dog when sister so-and-so lost her husband. God isn't saying that, right? God, do you think he loves his creation? Do you think that he meant for his creation to experience loss? He created the animals, right? And do you think it pains him to see them die? It was never a part of his plan. And so pet loss is one of the least talked about losses. One of, I'm gonna tell you what the next one is, but it's one of the least talked about losses and it's one of the losses that can exist in the midst of you and people are heartbroken and going through pain and it will never be acknowledged and you would have no idea that someone that you love or you're in community with is experiencing it. Here is another type of loss that people experience. I don't know if you can see that, I told you my handwriting is chicken scratch. That actually says miscarriage. So the top two least spoken about losses are pet loss and miscarriage. And there is something centered around miscarriage that is much like pet loss, that when people experience it, they don't really want to talk about it. Do you, would you have an idea of why that might be? It's kind of personal, very true, kind of personal. And there are some things that are loaded within miscarriage that women will feel that they don't quite know how to talk about. Um, When it comes to miscarriage, there are people who carry a lot of this. Thank you. Guilt. Why do you think someone would be feeling guilty if they had a miscarriage? Ah, thank you. I couldn't hear you, but say it again. (laughs) They feel like it's their fault, right? I mean, think about it. It's my body, and I'm carrying this child, and something happened, and I don't quite know what happened. And, you know, I'm in, a, I'm in a community, I'm in a group of people, and I'm supposed to be able to do this, and so why does this keep happening to me, right? And because we don't really talk about miscarriage a lot, there are a lot of people who have experienced and they carry the constant heaviness of that loss all alone. Do you know that in communities all over the world, there are women who you will never know have experienced miscarriage? And they are in pain because of it. But because they don't know quite how to process through it, they carry that pain on their own. And so they carry a lot of guilt and shame. They have questions. We don't always get the answers that we want. Another thing in regards to miscarriage is this. We, it always generally centers around the woman, but do you know that men also carry a pain when it comes to miscarriage, and it is often not talked about? Why do you think that is? Because we're men. That may be true. <laughs> Anyone else? Because it wasn't their body. And so oftentimes men feel as though They don't have a right to speak about something that wasn't a part of their body because, you know, of course, our society is very driven by that, right? My body, my choice, right? And to a degree, I understand, right, as women, this is a very unique experience for us. And yet, there are men who silently walk around carrying the pain or the grief of knowing that they could have had a child, but that child is no longer going to be. And so that pain just stays with them, right, continuously. Okay, here are some others, all right? Anyone ever lost a special item? That we don't need to know what the item is, but it was a, yes, yes. So we can lose things. 
My husband tells this story often about when he was little and he was moving. Ah, here's another one. Anyone ever moved? (laughs) Moving. And moving can be from one house to another. It can be relocation. Okay? It can be from one city to another, one state to another, one country to another, and this can actually cause grief, right? But going back to things, my husband, when he was younger, um, he tells a story of how in his home there was a, a robbery, unfortunately. Someone broke into the home and stole some things, right? And that's, people feel what when that happens? Violated. They feel violated, right? And so this little one, my husband, when he was little, It was just horrible. Someone broke in and stole things. But he said, the only thing I cared about, I needed to run to my room and look under my bed and see if my transformers were still there. And so he said he ran into the room. He looked around. He was like, did they find them? Did they get them? And when he looked under his bed, they were still there. Praise be to God. The transformers were still there. His little heart cared about that, right? And so if children have that experience, because they connect to things, we do as well, right? So things actually do matter to an extent, okay? So moving and relocation. Anybody ever experienced any moving or relocation like that before? Oh, oh, wow, okay, yes, sir. Say that again. Rape. Yes, it, you're, you're, you are just something else. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the saints testify. Yeah, so what I want to say to you about rape, because I'll do this. Boom, 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 boom. Bam. Falls up under all those and then some, right? It's powerful. Um, anybody experience graduating, you know, going from one grade to another or going from adolescence into adulthood, right? Oh, listen, here's another one. Do you know that you can actually go through loss when it comes to addiction? You can actually grieve losing an addiction. Now, I know that may sound morbid, right? Like, shouldn't we want to not be addicted, right? But listen, can we tell the truth about something here? Addiction is something that you've lived with for an extended amount of time and had a relationship with. And when that relationship ends, whether you like it or not, you were used to having that relationship. And you can mourn that relationship, no matter how dysfunctional it was. So I don't know if any of you know anyone who is an addict who has experienced an addiction of any kind, and they struggle, right? That is sometimes what the premise of AA meetings are, you know? It is, I've been so long entrenched in this behavior that I made it a part of my everyday life. Do you know that addicts actually have community? Oh, yes. You know, addicted communities are evangelistic, right? It may be dysfunctional, but they do evangelism. They do. Let's come drink together. Let's go do whatever it is that we do together, right? And so there are people who can mourn not necessarily the addiction, but they mourn the relationships they had with the addiction. Are you with me? And so that's what can make the addiction even more difficult to let go of. And if you've been in relationship with someone who is an addict of any kind, sometimes you can experience moodiness with this person, and it's a struggle, and it's because those are the things that they're contending with. And so now that they're free, and they're giving their hearts to God, and they're free from this addiction, but then they come into the church and nobody wants to hang out with them. And they start missing the addiction, not because of the addiction, but because of the community they had. Keep that in the back of your mind. All right? Yes, that's right. Here's another one. Anybody ever experienced retirement? Nobody here is retired. You guys look too young to be up here retiring. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) She said, hallelujah. (laughs) Retirement. Listen, people can go through grief in retirement. Why do you think someone would grieve while they're going through retirement? Yes. So again, people, imagine giving your all to this position, right? And to this purpose that you've had in your life. And then there comes a time when you have to let that go and you kind of lose your position or you lose what you thought was your purpose. Um, You're losing the finances. You can lose some of your possessions. You maybe have to change your way of life, right? Who am I now? 
I was an engineer before and I was going into the job, but now what do I do now? Or listen, here's another one. I have, I'm losing room here, okay? Here's another one. Empty what? Nest. Now, some of us are like, I can't wait till the nest is empty. But <laughs> I want to fly. No, but emptiness is a real grief. Imagine being a mom or a dad for however many years. Every single day, 24 hours a day, your life was centered around these people. And then they go and they go live their life and they're gone. And the question is what? What am I going to do? Who am I now? Right? So again, falls under, what is my purpose now? Right? So empty nesters is a real thing. Again, you know that you can grieve um, financial issues. You can grieve losing money. And you can also grieve gaining money. Now, I personally would like to grieve the other one, gaining it, but that's just me. Um, but there are people all over the world who have experienced getting all of this stuff. And they long for what things used to be right? Grief. It's, it, grief is a very interesting thing. Um, during holidays, there are people who have ex exponential amounts of grief. Why do you think that is? Yes. Holidays bring up those thoughts and those feelings and those emotions. And so the holidays can bring up uh, enormous amounts of grief. People can grieve legal issues. Listen, there are all kinds of grief that people can experience. And yet, I want you to see that in this room, there are people who have experienced and are grieving many of these things, and you probably don't even know it. Many of the groups that I do with people, because I do small groups and larger groups when helping people to process through change, um, one of the things that we did when we came back from the pandemic in our church is it was vital that we went through this. And I wish I had a picture to show you, um, but I'm going to do something right now with you, okay? I'm going to ask my helpers to come up, um, which probably is just my daughter and my husband. <laughs> and I am going to have you all do something. For many of you, you have never, ever, probably in your life, ever acknowledged that you've had any of these experiences. You have carried them and you have gone through them. Let me pass that up to everyone. Now, is there anyone who is unable to get up out of their seats today? Okay. For those of you who are unable to get up out of your seats, I'm going to give you something. Hold on one second. I'm going to give you these. Can you pass these out? So if you can raise your hand if you are unable to leave your seat today. All right. But for those of you who are, I'm going to ask you to do something with me. Now, we're visitors, so you have to do what I tell you. No. <laughs> I'm going to give you this, okay? If you can pass this down in your row. There you go. And I'll just randomly pass this out to you guys, all right? Go ahead, pass out the markers. There's no... Yes, there are. I have, I have a box full. I have a whole bunch. Yep, everyone can get a marker. Yep, yep, yep. Even the baby gets one. I like him. He's so cute. You got one? Okay. All right. And we have more markers here if anyone else needs any. Here, I can make this go really fast if you can pass these over. Hi, buddy. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And did you know you can grieve when you have children? Now, we don't like to talk about that because it kind of sounds really bad, right? But... There is a grief that happens sometimes when you find that you're with child and you have children. Because what happens when you have children? Life changes. It's the truth. Your sleep changes. Your money changes. Everything changes, right? And yet we don't like to talk about those because it seems kind of uncouth, but it is the truth. Okay? So change can happen in many, many different ways. So this is what I would like for you to do. If you have experienced any of these losses, and understand, I understand that they could be very comprehensive. So even if you don't see the exact thing it is, if you know that something up here represents it, I would like for you to, if you've experienced any of them within the last four years, I would like for you to come up and put your initials next to them, whatever it may be. For those of you who are not going to get up out of your seats, you can write your initials on the back of that sheet she gave you or he gave you, okay? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so if you've experienced any of these things, I'm going to push this back here. Within the last four years of your life, I need you to come up and put your initials next to them, and then you can go and have a seat. Yes, any of them. As many, however many of it is, put your initials next to it. And trust me, it doesn't matter how cute it is. We're not interested in things being, you know, cute. Just wherever you put your initials next to whatever you've experienced. The last four years of your life. And for those of you who are seated, holding on to that sheet, you can mark your initials on the back of that. You can keep it. Yeah, you can keep it. Well, you can keep it to the end because you can't take it home with you. I love you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, the last four years, if you have experienced whatever it is you've experienced on this board within the last four years, keep your marker because you're going to need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet you didn't think you would be moving in Sabbath school this morning, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good job, guys. Yep. And let me tell you something about this exercise, what is so important. We have learned, unfortunately, over a lengthy period of time to be very, um, yes, yes, yes. So let me explain to you something about the caveat for divorce, because some of you are like, I've never experienced divorce. God is good, right? But you may not have been divorced, but maybe your parents or your grandparents, your aunt or your uncle or someone that you love has, that means you have experienced it, okay? So that's the caveat for divorce, because a lot of people, when they see that, they're like, nope, haven't experienced, I'm a good Adventist, right? The last four years. Yeah, the last four. Now, don't get me wrong, just keep that on your mind because we're going to move beyond the last four years, okay? <laughs> good job, everybody. Good job. Yes. Yes. Good job. Oh. That's right, a loss of health. So you, I like how he did that. He actually was being specific. So his loss of health was a change in his physical body. Just because he's still here with us, praise be to God, there was a change he experienced, okay? Yeah. Yes, loss of relationship, lo death, freedom, a peace of mind, job, possessions, money, purpose, structure, faith, loss of a pet, Divorce, miscarriage, lost something. And while you're, you're moving along, I want to talk to you. Yes? Yes. Yes. We're going to talk about that for sure. Absolutely. I want to share with you something while we still have some people coming up. I want to talk to you about one of these things that we don't talk enough about. Um, a lot of people are afraid to talk about this loss because of our impending doom, right? And it is this intimidation with the loss of faith. Anybody here ever known someone who's lost their faith? Yeah, a loss of faith. Yeah. Um, I will tell you I am one of those people who, who's lost my faith before. And a loss of faith can be very intimidating because... If we know someone we love who we think has lost their faith, what, what, how, how do we react? We're afraid. I don't want this person to be lost, right? What does this mean? How do, what does this mean for my relationship with that person? How, how do we handle this? And I want to tell you something. This process, this is one of the reasons why I love it. I love it because oftentimes the people who have lost their faith just simply need to do this exercise and need to have people have patience, yes. Oh, oh, we're gonna get there, we're gonna get there. That's one of my favorite parts, yeah, of today. And, um, but a loss of faith is generally someone who has not been allowed or had the capacity or the tools to be able to process through some extensive pain in their life. And so because they have not processed through that pain, they begin to have doubt and fear and they battle with God. And if God really cared, why did? right? If God was really there, why didn't God, right? And so therefore, they're left carrying all of this unexpressed pain and struggle. But what I want to tell you is this. When someone has experienced a loss of faith, don't leave them. Come close to them. Don't try to fix them because they don't need to be fixed. God can fix his own children, amen? Yes, and yes, there's good to share Bible, Bible verses and spirit of prophecy quotes, but listen, a person who is heartbroken oftentimes just wants to be heard. And many people who lose their faith are afraid to talk to us about it because they feel like they're going to be 
judged. Yes. When they really just need to have someone listen to the pain that they're experiencing. So to come close to them and walk alongside them while not being judgmental or fixing. Anybody in here a fixer? I can raise my hand and tell the truth. Yeah, go ahead. We all in here together. I'm a fixer. I want to fix you. If you tell me something's wrong with you, come on. Let's get it done. I want to fix it. But people don't need to be fixed. We're not, we can't do that. What they need to do is they need to be heard. Yes. All across the board. And most people don't feel like they can just be honest and open about whatever losses that they've had, including faith, okay? So I want you to look at this board. And for the sake of time, I won't do the second part, which is how many of us have experienced this over, over our entire lifetime, right? And generally what ends up happening is that we have people, this board is scattered, right? It looks like a hot mess after a while. And it's like, man, but what do you think that represents? I'm sorry? It represents not only just my life, it represents the life of everybody that we're in community with. So imagine people coming back after the pandemic with this. Let's be honest. This is what we're coming into in our churches and in our homes and at our jobs. This is the reality of what we're working with when we try to come together and function together as a team for the faith. This is what that looks like. Now, if you see that, and I'm going to make sure you guys see it over here. Can you see that? It's wild, isn't it? That I can be in community with someone and not know that they have experienced this. That I can be in community with someone. So apparently here, there are people, there are tons of people right now who have experienced a loss of relationship, that pain, and you don't even know it about each other. There are people who have lost a sense of trust in something or someone, and you don't even know it about each other. There are people, oh, oh man, there's a lot of people who lost some money. And you don't even know it about each other, right? So imagine trying to function and do our best when this is the reality of what we're working with. So let me ask you something. Do you think it's valuable to know these things? Why would it be valuable? Say that again for me one more time. Hmm. Have mercy. You have more patience, more compassion, and more understanding when you understand where people are coming from. If you were there last night, one of the things we were talking to you about was the importance of understanding what baggage you bring to the table. Because if you don't know that this is in your suitcase, guess what people do? They dump all over each other. That is why divorce happens. That is why sickness, let me tell you something. Disease, we know, starts where? Predominantly. In the mind. And do you know that our bodies breed this? Cancer and all types of diseases breed when we have all of these unresolved issues in our lives. We don't even know why I keep constantly getting sick, and this is the thing. I'm not here to purport to you that every single sickness and disease is because of this, but a great majority of the people that are in hospitals today are there because I lost trust because I was molested as a child and I never got a chance to talk about it. And I've just been trying to work through it and get through it and get past it because nobody wants to hear about that. And yet, I have this stuff in me. I have constant pain. You know, they, they put new names to things, fibromyalgia and all that. And I'm not saying that they don't exist. They are real. But let me tell you, I've seen people come and process through their stuff and miraculously they're healed. Because in their mind, which is really our hearts, God has done a work to help us release all of this un, unresolved pain. So, I only got two minutes left, let me tell you. C3 Challenge is something that you can continue to do in your community here as a family. I want you to take this seriously, and if somebody can take a picture of it, do it. And let this remind you of what the reality of what you're dealing with in these last days are. Because God is gonna bring people through the doors who have experienced this, and you're here and you know what it's like because you've been through it. But if you don't know how to process through it, that is one of the most powerful things that you can do. Some of you have this and some of you do not. Um, you cannot have them, you gotta give them back. <laughs> but I'll pass them out to you. And these are what I call an emotion wheel. 
These emotion wheels are, you can find them online wherever, you know, you can find them, right? And I remember the first time that I saw them, I thought like, man, it was corny. <laughs> and I thought they were corny because I wasn't raised in a home where people talk about stuff. I don't know anybody can identify with that. We just didn't talk about things. The extent of our emotions were angry, <laughs> happy. If you look in the center, those, those very center ones, right? Those are the core of how extensive most people's emotional vocabulary is. And some people don't even have all of those in the center. But I want you to understand when it comes to healing from grief and loss, we have to grow our vocabulary because there are some times we've gone through certain things and the reason why we can't deal with it is because I don't know how to express it, right? For men, men are allowed in our society to be angry. They are celebrated for being angry. And if a man were to cry or to show any type of emotion, nine times out of 10, he will be what? Ridiculed, right? Because what are you doing showing emotion? You're a man, you gotta toughen up, bucking up. Do you know that there are myths? There are myths, there are plenty of them. But let me just share with you a couple. I know I only got eight seconds left, but Lord, forgive me. Um, let's see here. So there are myths, here are some of the myths. Don't feel bad. Anybody ever heard somebody tell you that? Don't feel bad, it'll be all right. Now it sounds good, I'm guilty of it, I've done it. But let me tell you something, if something bad happens to you, how are you supposed to feel? Bad. Do you think God feels bad sometimes? Oh, I'm so thankful he feels bad, because if he didn't, we would be hit, right? So that's a myth, don't feel bad. Here's another one. Guess what? Oh, I know he or she is gone, but guess what? There's plenty of uh, yeah, the fish, right? There's plenty of fish in the sea. But let me tell you how dangerous that is. Listen to me. That is probably one of the most dangerous myths that exist out here. You want to know why? Because what that is teaching you is that when you lose a person, all you have to do is what? Get another one. And let me tell you something. There are some of us, been there, who we've lived our entire lives that way. And we go from relationship to relationship into relationship, replacing the loss. Let me tell you how beautiful God is. I love this. Listen to me. Do you know that God does not believe in that principle? Because if God believed in the principle of replacing the loss, guess what? None of us would be here. When Adam and Eve fell, all he would have needed to do was to replace the loss. But he loved us so much that he said, no, I have a plan and I'm going to give my life because none of you can be replaced. Amen? God does not believe in replacing the loss. Yes. Oh! 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 You're just on a ball. I just love him. Listen. At best, this is what you should say. I know what I felt when I lost my mother. I know what I felt when I lost this. You do not know what that person feels like. We are all unique and different. You mean well. It mean, you mean well, but it is not the truth. Thank you for that, okay? Okay, I'm going to hurry up and get through this. Grieve alone. How many of you, when you were little, you started crying, somebody told you to what? Go to your, oh, yeah. <laughs> go to your room. If you're going to cry, go to your room. What type of message do you think that sends to the child? All that. <laughs> you're not important. Don't nobody got time for that. Don't nobody want to hear. And so you develop this exterior that, you know what? Nobody cares about me and my emotions. So I'm just going to go, right? And you go hide. And so you go grieve alone, okay? Another one. Do you love this one? Oh, sweetheart, just give it time. Just give it, just give it time. He's going to get older. You're going to get some sleep sooner or later. Just give it time, right? Let me tell you something about time. Time has never healed anything. Oh, oh, yes. I know some of you are like, no, nah, I don't believe that because, yes, time, that clock has never healed anything. Never. The only thing that heals something, as a matter of fact, let me give you a picture. My husband gave this analogy. Are you out on the road and you have a tire that goes out and you're just stuck and you sit there and you tell yourself, oh, just give it time. <laughs> and you're still sitting there an hour later, right, because you got a flat tire. What do you have to do? You gotta fix it, right? You gotta fix it. And you need what in order to fix it? You need tools. Who, who said that? Who said, you come on now, that back row is on fire. Okay, 
You need tools. That's what life is about. It's about having the right tools, okay? Not having the cute sayings. Or you know what? And forgive me, I know I'm in church on Sabbath. I'll just pray about it. Just pray about it. Now, do we believe in prayer? Absolutely we believe in prayer. Do we believe that God performs miracles? Absolutely. But God also is a God of action. Amen? So pray and press, as my grandmother used to say. Amen? Pray about it, but press that thing. Okay, hurry up, Tamara. Two more. Um, oh, ooh, 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 ooh. anybody ever grew up in a situation where it's like, you got to be strong. You're the oldest now. You're the one that's going to be in charge. You got to be strong. You can't, you can't break down. You got to keep it together. That is a myth that us strong people break up under. Strong people get sick. Strong people get mentally ill. Strong people break. And God never told you to be strong. He told you to trust. Amen? Amen? That is a myth. And when we raise young people, children, to believe that they must be strong, and then they one day blow up because they've tried as long as they could under that weight. The last one is, which... It's a struggle because I know the spirit of prophecy talks about, you know, keeping yourself, you know, and I know that, but there's a balance to things. Keep busy. I just got to stay busy. If you just stay busy, I can keep my mind off of it and, you know, it won't take you under. It is a lie. Yes, we should be working for others. We should be caring for others. We should be serving others. There's a blessing in that, right? But that is not negating us doing the work of healing. Some of us have been busy for years. And we've been so busy, and we've never processed through some of the, pr- the pain and the changes we've been through. And that's why our relationships are falling apart. Our family members are crying out to us, sit down and have a conversation. I'm guilty of that. I was raised under that mentality of keep busy, keep busy, and while your children are languishing. Keep busy. I have to work. I have to make sure everything is taken care of. Bills are paid and things like that. And your children are like, hey, hey. Dangerous. So there are so many other myths that I'm sure you could share that were shared in your home that haven't worked, right? Whether it's culturally, whether it's gender-wise or different things, right? Men have to be strong. Listen, God didn't tell you to be strong. He told you to trust. He told you to lead and set by an example. And sometimes, you know what that example is? Coming and bringing the family together and just weeping before the Lord showing them how to process their emotions. Because when we don't show our children how to process emotions, that's why you can turn on the news and see those angry young people shooting up schools. Nobody's taught them how to process their emotions, how to deal with grief and strife, okay? Oh, I wish I had more time, but listen, we can talk more this weekend. I don't know where we're gonna be, we'll be all over. But listen, this is one of the tools that we use. And normally what we do is we come together every so many weeks as a church and we sit down with those emotion wheels and we have a conversation. What's changed in your life this month? And we give people the freedom to talk about what's changed. And then not only what's changed, but how did you feel? Use one of those words. Did you know there was that many emotions in the world? I had no clue. When I saw it, it was overwhelming. But you know what? It was one of the most blessed experiences that I've had. I'm going to tell you something. It's powerful to be able to look at a word that actually describes how you feel and be able to speak it out loud to another human being. And then when you hear the people that you're in community with sharing what they're going through, guess what ends up happening? (gasps) They're experiencing that too. I'm not alone. Or I've been through that before. Let me come alongside her and support her. Instead of going to church with each other every single week and having no clue about what's going on in one another's lives. It's worth it. And what you begin to do is you create a safe church where God will send strangers to your church. And you will be a place where they can come and sit and they'll begin to open up and share their heart. And guess what? They're coming to the foot of the cross. That's what, that's what Jesus wants. He doesn't just want superficial Yeah, I keep the Sabbath and I eat a certain way. No, God is interested in holistic healing. He does it all the way. And this is how we help people to get there, by getting there ourselves and then sharing these tools to help people. And then guess what? Because we believe in prayer, I'm going to end with this. Now we know how to pray for people. Can you imagine 
going down in prayer and praying for the sister who's just lost a relationship, God, heal her and restore her. Praying for the man or the woman who feels like they've lost their freedom. Lord God, I don't feel secure in my own home. I'm going to pray for that sister and brother. This person just lost their job. God, they lost their job. They need you to show up, God. Or I've, I feel like I have no hope. Oh, my goodness. Anybody ever felt hopeless? Have a whole congregation of people praying for God to restore your hope? Instead of just the, Lord God, bless us. We need you. Prepare us for the time of trouble in Jesus' name. Amen. We're already in a time of trouble. This proves it. Stop waiting for something that's coming down the line. We've already, we're already here. And God says he wants to restore. Amen? Amen. Amen. He can do it. And this is just one of the tools. There's much more. We'll talk about it this weekend. But I pray that this just gives you a window into what you can be doing to help people move towards a place from just coping in life to healing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, first we want to say thank you. Because these are not new concepts. In your word, you gave a clear example throughout scripture of people doing this very same thing, articulating the loss, telling you how they felt about the loss, being honest and transparent about it, and then leaving it at the foot of the cross. Lord, even you did it when you cry out and you tell us about the pain of losing your children. You're honest about it. And you walk through a process all the way to hope and pointing us to Jesus. You don't gloss over our pain. You don't tell us any of those myths, Lord. You cry out to us and you tell us to be open so that you can come in and be the salve that heals us. I pray, Father, today that you will be with each and every person here under the sound of my voice. Lord, you see this board. This is the reality. But you are above that. You can heal and you can cleanse all of this. I pray that you create a safe space for them with one another, that they might be a healing church because they trust you and they have tools to lead people to that. I thank you, Lord, because you are good and there is none else other than you. Heal us. You said that you could. We leave our lives in your hands. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.